0: Next Wednesday is going to be special. Let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. And did I turn away? Amen. Please be seated. <coughs> So the people on Sunday didn't listen to me to come back on Wednesday. (laughs) We'll continue with the message, Covenant Covering. A covenant is an agreement between God and man. And usually it's a promise from God. God's going to do something for man... If you do your part. So there are two parts to a covenant. It's caught between God and a man. And usually there is blood involved, meaning life is involved. And the power that drives the covenant is the power of God. That's the power that drives the covenant to fulfillment. Now God's part of the covenant is always sure. God will always do his part. Man's part is the variable part. And I look at myself and I think, can I do what God's requiring? Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. But thank God I have him. So my variable part is made steady and God will uh, follow through with his covenant. God will never break his promise. Jeremiah chapter 33. (coughs) Jeremiah 33 from verse 19. God's talking about the covenant that he made with David. And you have to understand, every time God talks about a covenant, usually there is something he wants to do. And let me let you know this, God's still cutting covenants today. You can actually make a covenant with God. By telling God, this is exactly what I want. I told you on Sunday, whenever I see a scripture that's negative, I make a covenant with God. I said, God, you know, I know your word is going to be fulfilled. That many will walk away from you. In the last days, for example, they'll turn away from you. He said it is going to be fulfilled. Many will actually leave him and turn away. That's, That's going to happen. He can't lie. But my covenant with him, God, I don't want to be among those. Please, I don't want to be among those. I'm going to stand with your promise that you are able to carry me to the end. So I cut a covenant with him. And the Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit, please help me so that I don't walk away from you. Because I've seen many walk away from him. I don't want to be one of those. I don't want my love to grow cold. I want to stay with you. And please help me. I still remember. My wife said I shouldn't go this way. But now, I don't know what to do about this. But when I got saved early, I was telling God, I just want to be like David. Let me make my mistakes. But please never let me leave you. So the people thought, if he goes to America, beautiful things. In America, compared to Africa, he's going to forget God. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen when I got there. Didn't know what I was going to see. What was turning people who left my country to the United States and come back more evil than they were before they got saved. And everybody, my pastor is in California. He said, we were scared for you. We were all worried. He later confessed to me. We were all worried for you because we knew people who were stronger than you. They went and they came back, not mentioning in the name of Christ. I said, I didn't want to tell you anything. And my wife knows about this pastor in California, but I wore my rookie. He said, we were worried for you. And I was worried because I'd heard what had happened to these people. And I knew they were stronger than myself in the faith. God, what is that demon that jumps on their back in America? And pulls them away. Please never let that demon rest on my back. (laughs) Made a covenant. Over 30 years. He's still keeping me in the faith. Amen. So you make a covenant with God. Filled with the blood of Jesus Christ. And God will fulfill his end. You still stay variable. And make your mistakes. But he holds you steady because Jesus is in the boat with me and we're not sinking so that's the God that we serve God says in Jeremiah 33 verse 19 the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying thus says the Lord if you can break my covenant with day with the day and my covenant with the night you didn't realize God had a covenant with the day and the night that they never cease? Did you know that? Day, God says, in the day, the sun will appear. At night, the sun must disappear. That was God's covenant. And it's not failed till this very day. And God says, if you can break that covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, so that there will not be day and night in that season. So, once the covenant is broken, when God breaks the covenant, no day, no night. That's what He's saying. God made a covenant. God says, if you can break that, so when you break the covenant, then something is going to happen. His promise is no longer good. With the day and with the night, so that there will not be day or night in their season, then my covenant may also be broken with David, my servant. And then he tells you the promise. So, that he shall not have a son to reign on his throne. He was talking of Jesus. So every time there is a covenant, there is a promise that God has already made. And his covenant will not be broken. Before it's broken, then there will be no night, then there will be no day. That's never been broken, so the covenant that you have with Jesus Christ cannot be broken. God's on your side. One of those covenants. If God be for us, who can be against us? If we, our part is to believe his word. That's all it says. If you can believe, all things are possible. Our part of that covenant is to believe. And then God will not fail us. I often say, God cannot overlook faith. Never. Never. Because when there is faith, he he will have done our part, his part is fulfilled. So that's the covenant. So it will not happen. And my priests, what we need to do is locate the covenant promise and the terms of that covenant. What is my part? What am I supposed to do with regards to his covenant? And then once you have discovered the covenant, the second part is to abide by the terms of the covenant. Notice what God says concerning sin. If you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Your part is what? To confess it. As a believer. Confess it. God's part is not only to forgive you, but to cleanse you from all of it. When you don't confess, then it stays with you and sin has power over you. The longer you wait to let it go before God, the weaker you are to fight against that thing it's just the way it is in scriptures and so when you confess your sins then you then you are made righteous because you have been all your sins have been cleansed now you are standing firm on the covenant and god's part is fulfilled so we have to recognize that why is it that the covenant doesn't seem to be in full force that's why i stopped on sunday The first reason is we are not aware of all that the covenant offers. We are fully not aware. It's a lifetime of discovery. I keep finding new things. We can never exhaust what God has offered to us. There are so many promises. Every word of God, in the word of God, there's a promise. Uh, Psalm 89 verse 34 tells us, My covenant will I not break nor alter the word that has come out of my mouth. That says every word is a potential covenant in your life. So when you see a promise from the word of God, you can cut a covenant based on that promise in your life and for your family. I know from Isaiah 54 that God says he will teach your children. So with that... I say, God, now, nah, look, I found a precious covenant, promise. That's what you said. All your children shall be taught of the Lord. Uh, I don't think I can get a better teacher for my kids. You can pay this teacher, amen? So, we enter into a covenant. Teach my kids, O oh Lord. Teach them. Even in their sleep, teach them. We can of ourselves do nothing. But the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So those, the word that promise brings life into my life, that can go through my life, into my children's life, even to the 10th generation, according to the word of God. Even to the 10th generation. If Jesus tarries, I have hope for our children. Way down the line. Not perfect, but I got Jesus. Amen? The perfect one lives in me. And he lives in you. And because of him, I have hope. Without him, totally hopeless. But with him, I've got all the hope. And I can boast in the Lord. Why? Because he is faithful. He is faithful to the core. He will not deny himself. Let me rest on his faithfulness. Let everybody disagree with me. But let me rest on his faithfulness. Because he can carry me through. That's why we go to him. That's why he awakens us morning by morning. And he needs to awaken our ears so we can hear what he's saying. When God speaks to you, not when man speaks to you, when God speaks to you, the power to obey it will always follow. When you hear it from man, you just heard words. But when God is speaking to your spirit, you are infused with the power, which is the power of the Holy Spirit for obedience, so that the force of the covenant will come into place. And that thing is fulfilled in your life. So we don't really know all that the covenant promises. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 13 says that people don't know. My people have gone into captivity because they don't have any knowledge. They don't know what the covenant offers. Now, let me show you something from... 2nd Peter chapter 1, when we talk about this covenant and in, in, in the covenants we have in Christ, it's called the new covenant. We have the old covenant and we have the new covenant. There were covenants, many covenants, caught under the old covenant. You remember Rahab and that bloodline, that red thread that they put there? That was a covenant for Rahab's home. You remember that? Home protected. You remember Egypt? The blood? That's another covenant. It's called the Passover. Another promise. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. God had a covenant with David. And God honored the old covenant. And in the new covenant, there are covenants that have been cut. Different. With different Individuals. You just go according to what God's promised you. I've just started thinking about Jesus talking to Peter. That's an amazing story. After Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus was talking to Peter. They were walking away from the rest of them. And John, that was Jesus' best friend. He's got to be close to his friend. Uh, John thinking, where are you going with Peter? I'm here. What's going on here? <laughs> and they walked around, and Jesus was telling Peter, asking Peter, you love me, and they were conversing, and uh, and Jesus told him how he would die. I mean, this guy wasn't moved at all. He, he said, "How about this fellow back, the one that's uh, tagging along with us behind? He's pointing to John." Jesus said, "If I will that you remain till I come, what is that to you? What is that to you? You follow me. We're not running a group race. It's an individual race." Under the covenant, God has what he wants for you and what he wants for me. And what he wants for you, if you agree, you enter into a covenant with him. And if you stay with it, he'll bless you. Everyone is different. So find your place and the promise in the word of God. God has so many promises. Imaginable I mean, there's so many promises that God is given to us. The scripture tells us, I need to just go to that scripture. 2 Peter 1 verse 3, as his divine power. So his divine power is what drives the fulfillment of the covenant. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's his power that drives the fulfillment of the covenant. But his power has already given to us all things. Can you say with me all things that pertain to life and to godliness, pertaining to your Christian living and to your need, to, to your rent, your family, your marriage, that's life. Living for God, going to church, praying, having your prayer answered, praying for people to be healed godliness, all of that, all things, there is no area that this cannot touch. Everything is covered. His divine power gave that to us underneath the covenant. If it's not enforced in your life, it's because you don't know it, or you know it, and you don't know, fully understand the terms of the covenant, or you understand the terms of the covenant, you don't really believe it, and you're not living by it. That's why it's not enforced. But he has not going to because the covenant has already been cut. You can enter into it and it comes alive in your life right now. But you have to believe. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue excellence other translation says who called us to his glory and excellence calling us to his glory and then it tells you this is what god has done the promise of the covenant see he tells us by which have been given to us those the promises are there god has already given those things by which has been given to us Exceedingly great and precious promises. Great and precious promises. These are the covenant terms, the covenant for us. Great and precious promises that through this you may be partakers of his divine nature. Through the promises... Every single promise, if you stay in it, you are transferred from being just natural into some kind of a supernatural being. His divine nature. That's what it says. Read it. Exceedingly great. They're not just great. They are exceedingly great. And they are very precious. Not easy to come by. Not easy to find exceedingly great and precious promises, that by those exceedingly great and precious promises, you might be a partaker of His divine nature. You never hear these words from Jesus. I was af- from Jesus' mouth. I was afraid. That will never come out of his mouth. Jesus will never. Oh, I was afraid or worried. (laughs) That's for people who don't have exceedingly great and precious promises. His divine nature can never say that. You know, I stand there thinking about Pilate saying to Jesus, Don't you know I have the power to release you or take your life? Jesus turned and looked at him. What? What did you say? You he told him you don't, you couldn't have had the power to do that. What were you talking about? Unless it's given to you from above. I'm sure Pilate was so confused. He know what. He never met somebody like this. Pilate was. He was trying to get away from this matter. I mean, I've never seen any another human being like this. That's his divine nature. Amen. So that when you speak, they are startled. And they wonder where you got that confidence from. You remember how the, the disciples spoke before the Sanhedrin? And they noticed that, okay, that looked like the man that used to go with Jesus. Now we understand why. They took notice of him, that they had been with Jesus. Because they can see the same boldness and fearlessness in the same individuals. Okay, that's one of his disciples. Would they say the same of you? That's the question. Will they say the same of me? That's the question. Can never be afraid. In this covenant, sometimes you hear Christians, say, they're saying, well, why did God, why did God, it seems like God's never I mean, have heard God's not answering my prayer, brother, pastor, I've prayed and prayed and prayed, and God's not answering me. Why? Why? That's because you don't understand how precious this covenant is. Just because God is silent, seemingly silent, doesn't mean He's forgotten you. He hasn't. But once he hears you groaning like I said on Sunday. Once he hears that groan and you, you, are, you are crying and there's tears. I mean, you know the scripture says your tears are stored in a bottle. There are bottles in heaven, amen. I got some tears over there. You got two, okay? <laughs> but God stores the things he hears. And he responds. When we groan under the pain. And the thing is contrary to his promise. God will never forget those who are in covenant with him. If you think God has forsaken you, God has forgotten you, you don't know the promise of the covenant. Because in Isaiah chapter 49, verse 15, it says, Can a woman forget a nursing child? Is it possible... For a woman to forget a nursing child. And not have compassion on the son of a womb. Is it possible? God says surely. You've seen some of that before. Surely. They may forget. Yet. I will not forget you. I will not forget you. God's saying under this covenant, once your life has been touched with the blood of Jesus, no matter what's going on in your life, he has not forgotten you. That's the promise. That will never happen. You're not forgotten. He's at work. You just don't know what he's doing. Is going to be well. And all he wants you to say, I like it when I'm back in uh, my native country, they always use the term, it is well. (laughs) And it's to tell them, well, you're suffering and you keep saying it is well. Then I liked what they were saying. Because they could care less, it's well. As a child of God, all things work together for good. All things. No matter what's going on in your life, if you are trusting in God, those things are working for you. Those things that are contrary, they are your servants, working for you. If you love God, that's your part. When your heart is called towards God, you can't expect that. But God will never forget you. God will never forget you. A mother can forget that's nothing, child, but God says, I will not forget you. When you're going through, no matter what you're going through, God says, He'll never forget you. Just stay with Him. There were times in my life when I thought, there is no way out of this thing. It's so tough. Where is my deliverance? And then the next thing, God has brought the deliverance and it comes so naturally it, unless you are really thinking you won't even recognize it that God's hand is in it we miss it that way so we don't give him glory and we never learn to trust him more because it takes the eye, the eyes your spiritual eyes to see that God's finger is in this it takes that let me show you what God says when you are his a servant This part of the covenant, I didn't want to go into the details of covenants, but just to show you some great promises, especially in your business, in your life, in your family, your relationships, what this promise of God can do for you. What God is able to do for you. He did it before. He'll do it again. He can do that for you. We just have to trust him. Look, in verse 23 of the same chapter, he says, Kings shall be your foster fathers. Kings shall be your foster fathers. And their queen, your nursing mothers. And, and you're thinking, what is he talking about? Has he ever done this before? Yes, he did it with Moses. You remember Moses? Yeah, I mean they were go- they were killing children, but the mother trusted God. There was a covenant. Yeah. Moses' mother was not seeing a child, and she was being paid but for paid by the palace. The king was paying her to take care of her own child. Moses was in the palace and. The princess was taking care of somebody that was supposed to be killed. That's what God can do. I mean, the king accepted him. Kings shall be your foster fathers. And queens, your nursing mothers. That's what the scripture says. They shall bow down to you with their faces to the earth and lick up the dust of your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord. For they shall not be ashamed who wait for me. They shall not be ashamed who wait for me. They shall not be ashamed who wait for me. Many times we are too much in a hurry. It's like the Mac- McDonald's mentality: give it to me, fast food. Give it to me now, or I'll go to the next restaurant. You better get it. We have to wait on God. It's not, wait for me, don't not prayer. Wait for his time. For everything, there is a season. There is a time to every purpose. Under heaven. So wait, if you are a promised child of God, based on God's covenant, God has something for you. The covenant will not be broken. Day and night will always come. So because you still have day, and you still have night, And you got the promise, stay with the promise. It's going to be fulfilled. That's what he's saying. You will not be ashamed if you wait on God. Don't fret yourself. The Bible says, he who believes does not make haste. You won't be pulling strings that shouldn't be pulled. (laughs) And lying and doing all of that to get ahead. You are not waiting on the Lord. I'm trusting in the Lord. But they ask you a simple question concerning the business and you lied. And you know you're lying. Because you really want it. And then after something happens, you say, well, I got it. Praise the Lord. What praise the Lord before long is gone from you? Because God was never in it. You can tell the truth and trust God and then they can trust you. If you don't want to say, look, I, I tell you what, I, I'm, you know, that was a very tough question, but I'm just going to tell you the truth. You may have found a friend that he stay with you, because he's never seen a businessman like that. No, you're telling the truth, and in knowing you could have lost that thing, you lose it for telling that. But you say, look, I will tell you the truth, even though I know this is not the right. I know I may lose this, but I can't lie to you. I'll tell you what it is. This is the truth. But you know, I leave myself with a bit. You're not talking to him. Okay? That's him. And he may have never seen anybody like that. He wants you as a business partner. Amen. Turn over everything in his home to you, just like with Joseph. When you are a covenant child, <laughs> unusual things can happen. Unusual things. People may not even understand. It's hard to explain. In Joseph, the man didn't even know how much he had. Everything was in Joseph's hand. Because he trusted Joseph. He says, I know God's with you. You run the business. I'll relax and enjoy. Amen. When God's in your life, you got favor. When God's in your life, you have favor. I think the scripture says in Isaiah 54, dream big. Extend the borders of your tent. Let them stretch out. That's what we should do. God will not allow you to be ashamed. If you are afraid at what's coming at you, and we're all humans, (laughs) when you hear the news or you you open your mail and what you're reading is really bad, (laughs) everyone of us is shaking. Is it just me? At first, you know, my mind goes crazy. I have to pull myself back or find a quiet place to pray, okay? (laughs) And gather myself again. But you can always trust God. He saw that mail before they mailed it. He knew what was in it before they opened it. But you can trust in the Lord, like Pastor Andy said. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. Many times we are leaning on the understanding, not the covenant. We should be leaning on God's covenant. The word of God is don't fear. Don't fear. That's what God will always say. Not only Jesus, you can find it all. Isaiah is the gospel preacher of the Old Testament. And you see that over and over again. I believe God's trying to tell us our part of the covenant. There is a term of God's covenant for you. And it goes, don't fear. Don't be afraid. No matter what's coming at you, do not fear. Isaiah 41, it says, fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't fear. Why? I am with you. What more do you need? You know, many of us know if if we can actually see that same Jesus of Nazareth. If he, if if our church members know tonight that Jesus of Nazareth, the physical Jesus, was going to be in church here. Uh, <laughs> By 5 o'clock, this place, you'll be crying for a place to sit. Right? Or say, uh, John, did you know Jesus is in church? He's waiting for us. Uh, You're kidding. Right? No. He's right here. He's sitting right in front by the pulpit area. He's talking to Pastor Roy right now. The guy is not going to even go into a shower. He gets in his car. (laughs) He's right there in church. But we don't see him, so we behave differently. Don't be afraid because I'm with you. We know that if we can have Jesus with us, there is nothing to be afraid of. But he promised, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will always be with you. He's always going to be. He says, don't be afraid. Why? Because I am with you. What are you going through? Is Jesus still with you? Is Jesus still with you? So why are you afraid? Did he forget you? Or are you forgetting that he's with you? That's where we're struggling. Don't be afraid because I am with you. Period. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what you receive in the mail, no matter what your, your physical body is telling you, Jesus is saying, don't be afraid. Why? Because I am with you. I have a covenant with you to protect you, to take care of you, to minister to you, to elevate you. So bless you. I am with you. Don't be afraid. Period. That's the covenant. Don't be afraid. Why? Because I am with you. Be not dis- be dismayed. Don't be dismayed. Don't get frustrated because something is not happening that you are expecting God or be depressed or lose hope. Don't ever lose hope. He says, don't be dismayed, discouraged, losing hope totally. He says, look, I am your God. God has become your God. He says, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. How many need help? Many times I need help. God said, I will help you. You need help? Don't call your friend. He may be able to help you. But God will help you. And God says in his word, I will help you. So don't get discouraged. Don't get dismayed. Yes, pastor, I know he said that, but uh, I don't think you understand my situation. Where does he? You want to define and explain the situation to him? Yet he promised in his word. Don't get discouraged. No matter what you're going through. Because I am now your God. He's the God of the whole world. But now he's making himself your personal God. And he's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of you. You see, the night and the day, they don't waver, right? It's always there. He's God over those. You see, the sea and everything, many times I enjoy looking up into the sky. And I say, oh, God, I can't understand. We're so little here. We're so little. I don't know why you care so much for us. I mean, just like that, we could be gone. And this God is with me. If he's taking care of all, controlling everything, all the stars and all of that, well, he can take care of me. He can. He sure can. He is my God. Amen? He is my God. Satan, come on now. I got my God with me. Do all you can. Amen. I like when Jesus when Jesus said, I in you, you are in me, I in you. And in the Father, all of us, you have to go through God the Father, go through the Son. I'm in there somewhere. There's no way Satan can get that far. And the Holy Spirit, he says, I'm with you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He will do that for us. So no matter what you're going through. God knows about it, and he can take care of you. That's the way I've always tried to, if I have any kind of boldness, don't know, but if I have any boldness by the grace of God, is I know this God is, and he can help me. And if he chooses not to help me now, I don't fully understand it, but I'll stay where I am. Till he sees him. That's just the way it is. You say that you trust God or you don't. There is no middle ground. But if you trust Him, then be bold about your trust for Him. We're gonna come to that stage in this message where your boldness should do something if you really believe you are part of this covenant. It's something you must do. Something you must do. So don't be afraid. That was Isaiah 41, verse 10. But then Isaiah 54, verse 4 and 5. Again it says, do not fear. And then it tells you why. For you will not be ashamed. How many times things have come into our lives and you're thinking this is not going to be good. This is not going to be good. I'm going to be ashamed when this is all open. For example, you have a car, and then the Ripple man comes in, and your neighbors are watching while they are hooking up your car (laughs) to take it off, and all your neighbors are out looking. I'm sure you won't be out looking. You'll be inside looking. (laughs) Because that's something to bring shame, right? But God says, don't be afraid. I won't allow that. I won't cause you to be ashamed. That's a covenant. That's a covenant. And if God allows it, he wants to demonstrate something. Amen? If that ever happens, He wants to demonstrate to your neighbors because they know where you were, okay? And they can see where you are today. And when you tell them it was all the Lord, they say, yeah, we were there when they repossessed your (laughs) car." We know this is the Lord. Amen? God will never allow that in your life. Amen? God says, I will not, you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced. You know, I take that for covenant. Please, God, do not allow me to get to the place. I believe it was Psalm 69, verse 9. Don't let them say something bad about you. Don't let let them be ashamed because of me. Because of me. Those are my prayers. Because of me, God said, I will not, you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. You will not be put to shame. You know the way I read it? What about my children? Can they put me to shame? You will not. I'm trying to expand the covenant so you can see. What about your marriage? Can something happen in your marriage that will cause you shame? So you take these covenants, these promises of God, and say, God, you see, I believe what you have said. Amen? And I don't want to suffer this. Line me up and position me so that this will never be my portion in life. That's the key here. God says, don't be afraid. I won't let that happen to you. i received that promise i will not suffer you to be disgraced i will not put you to shame for you will forget the troubles of your youth you will not remember the reproach maybe you've been through that before but then god says for your maker and this is talking about the church your maker and the individuals in the church your maker is your husband The Lord of hosts, he tells you who he is. That's speaking about the church and the individuals in the church because we are his body. How I many you know that? We are his body. God says, you are my body. I won't put you to shame. I won't allow you to suffer shame. I won't allow you to be disgraced. You may allow yourself to be disgraced, but God will not allow it if you put your trust in him. For you, your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. He's telling you who he is. The Lord of hosts. That's the word Jehovah. Remember, we talked about Jehovah. Meaning the one that does battle. He has his army behind him. And your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. And he tells you who he is called. He is called the God of the old earth. That's the one that promise you, I won't put you to shame. Isn't that precious? Isn't that a precious promise? Isn't that a great, exceedingly great and precious promise for you to partake of His divine nature? Is this not a wonderful covenant that you can go to God with in prayer? And say, God, I just found something here. It's so precious. Like Jesus talked about, the kingdom of God is like a man looking for a goodly pearl. When he finds one, he sells everything that he has just to get. This is more precious than gold, it's eternal. You can take this to God and transform your life and your children's life. Generation to generation, even to the 10th generation. I believe that with all of my heart. If Jesus tarries, oh yes, that my generation, that's good coming out of there. I don't have, the Bible says, no one will tell his brother, know the Lord. You know that scripture? For they shall all know me from the least to the greatest. So my children are part of it. We don't have to tell them. They don't follow. Can I hear an amen? Your children will do exactly the same. Are we in agreement with that promise tonight? Yes. They'll follow Christ. Don't follow him. Because God will not cause you to be ashamed. These are some promises that we must be searching. Search the scriptures. Find those promises to live by. The covenant is been given to you. The whole whole of the New Testament is the new covenant. So find every single promise and make a covenant with that promise with God in your own life. That's the purpose of this message. Find that covenant promise and hold on to it. Until it's fulfilled in your life. If you don't know it, that's the number one problem. The second problem is double-mindedness. And that's a great problem. All you hear Christians say, yeah, we know that God said that. And then they'll put their butt in the way. And you can't go past that. But, and they, they tell you, look, I just want to be real. Meaning, I don't want to believe what the scripture says. I just say it as it is. I don't want to hear as it is from your mouth. When it's contradicting to what scripture says. You're deceiving yourself to think that you are being real. And you are being humble. Whereas you are being foolish. Because you are contradicting God's word. And the Bible says in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. When you contradict God's word, you are not being real. You are being foolish. But that's what you hear from Christians' mouth. They want to be real. I'll just say it as it is. Tell them, uh, say by his stripes I'm healed. He says, yeah, but uh, would I not be lying if I said that? (laughs) Because I don't feel healed. Well, why if you say the scripture, you will be lying? Is that not the truth? The word of God is the truth. And everything that you got is facts. But the truth will overcome those facts, if you stay with the Word of God. Double-mindedness is the problem that we're having. And the reason for double-mindedness is because either we don't know the Scriptures, or we know the Scriptures, but we, don't, we refuse to believe the Scriptures because of the circumstances that we are in, and we are not able to walk in them. And so the Scripture tells us in James 1, verse 5, is from beginning from verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to you. So if you want wisdom, I pray for wisdom. I know Jesus is the wisdom of God to me. But wisdom is understanding what God has said and acting on it. But let him ask in faith. With no doubting. Let him ask in faith. That's for everything. No doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. He says, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double minded. Unstable in all his ways. When you are double-minded about what God says, God cannot work. You know the promise, but you also know what's happening to you in the natural. And because we are natural beings, we tend to gravitate towards the natural. Because we can explain that. For anyone to understand where we're coming from, let me tell you what I'm going through. But we don't understand the supernatural part of it. But when you are dealing with God and you are going between the natural and the supernatural, the Bible says you are double-minded and God's not going to answer that prayer. You, the, the covenant is not going to be enforced in your life. So double-mindedness is a key problem for believers. It's always this battle thing. And another good reason why people are double-minded is what happened to this other person. With praying for healing, this man has uh, had cancer, and he was a real man of God. He prayed seven times a day. And every time the church doors opened, he was in church. He was a holy brother. And he had this condition and he died. We all prayed. And we all had faith, liar. We all had faith. And, and he died. And they tell you, <laughs> you, know, you are not even anywhere close to the way he lived. And you're thinking, boy, God, I know your words said that, but Brother John died. Guess what? You're double-minded now. Because you're thinking about what's happened to him. And I used to really struggle with this. Because Christians will always throw it on your face. Well, if you really believe that. And they'll show you, well, why did this brother do this? I got no answer. But we are not running a group race. And you can use one man's experience and line it line that man's experience with the word of God and said if it didn't happen to Sister Angela then the word of God must not really mean what it says that's an insult to God's word that's insulting God's word there is no man on earth that you can take and line him up with the scriptures, I don't care who he is Billy Graham or whoever that's just a man you can't take a man And line the man up with the word of God and say, if it didn't happen to him, because he preached a lot on this and didn't happen, why do I think, why why do you expect me to believe that God was, well, you're double-minded. I don't care what happened to anybody. I don't know them. We know each other here, but you all don't really know what I think, how I believe. You don't know. So don't judge God's word based on what's happening to my life. No. If it's positive, it lines up with the word, take it. If it doesn't line up with the word, you don't understand it, stay with the word. It's better to stay with the word. For me, I would rather admit that I am struggling with believing God than to tell you the word is not right. I'm ready to agree to that, that I prayed for you, it didn't work because I'm struggling. Many times it's often. Many times I go and I'm trying to pray for somebody and my mind is working. Oh God, like Paul Yonggi Cho said in one of his books, said by the great the faith of the, uh, the faith of the Holy Spirit, the gift of faith. He said he was preaching and they brought a totally. Lit- he went there for a crusade, great healing minister, and they brought a woman that was so twisted in, in, in a chair, and he was telling God. You have destroyed my faith by putting this woman right in front of me. He said he preached without looking that way. He looked everywhere else. But look at that woman. Because he was struggling. But thank God there is the gift of faith. And God gave him that gift of faith. And God healed. So God is able to. All we need to do is believe. I got to stop there. Stand up with me tonight. I still have a lot to say from this. I'm gonna go into some of the terms of the covenant. Some the terms of the covenant and how to apply by the grace of God some of the word promises so that they work for us. Would you lift your hands up to the Lord tonight and i have gone a little longer if this time is wrong? Alright. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Is there something tonight in your life that you will want God to change? Or you want God to change so that it aligns up with the covenant, the promise of God in your life? What is that? Would you believe God tonight and thank him for his covenant promise? Are you afraid of something today? Is there any fear in your mind? Would you release that to the Lord? And tell the Lord, Lord, because I've read in your word that I shouldn't be afraid because you are with me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. In other words, I I will fear nothing bad happening to me because you are with me. God's with you tonight. The Lord God is with you tonight. And God is able to take care of you. God is able to take care of your circumstance. God will provide for you. God will lift you up. God will make His countenance and shine upon you. God will prosper you. God will drive away all your troubles from you. God will bless you. God will lift you up. Because He is your God. Don't be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. Don't embrace discouragement. Encourage yourself in the Lord tonight and tell God that God is good. His mercies are new every morning. Tell yourself tonight, when I wake up tomorrow, I have new mercies in my life and things are going to be better. Things are going to be better. You are not going down. You are going up. You are going up. You are going up. God's with you. There's only one way to go. If God's with you, you are going up. And never down. You will always be head and no tail. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Above and never beneath. That's your portion. That's the portion of the Lord for you. No evil will come near your dwelling. No evil will come near your dwelling. Believe in the Lord and Jesus on your side. No evil will come near your your dwelling no plague will come near you all things work together for good to those who love god say to to yourself tonight and say it out loud with your mouth i'm a lover of god i'm a lover of god all things work together for good because i love god because i love god thank you jesus that's what seals it and God sees it with the blood covenant nobody here is going down nobody here as long as Jesus is on the throne as long as Jesus is seated by the father's right hand risen from the dead no evil Satan may have planned against your life it will not work today is a new day in the name of Jesus Today is a new day. You will rise up to a new beginning tomorrow. A new day for your life in the name of Jesus. By the power of the living God. Unusual things will begin to happen in your life in the name of Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. How great thou art. How great thou art. The God of the universe. You are so great. Thank you, Jesus. You put the stars in their place. Hallelujah. You are, such a, you are such an awesome God. There is no like you, oh God. What an awesome God we serve. To have you as our Father, to have you as our God, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it, oh God. We have no reason to be afraid because you are with us. All our needs are met. All our needs are met. You said you will uphold us with your righteous right hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We have no reason to be afraid. We have no reason to be afraid. There's no reason to hang your head down. If God's with you, nothing is impossible with Him. That obstacle in your life that thing that is coming to your life to cause you pain as you groan as you think about it the lord our god who is in covenant with us will hear us and he will come down from heaven to fight for us the lord will fight for us amen say the lord will fight for me yes god will fight for us god will fight for us we have no reason to be afraid it is well god's not dead he is alive. God's not dead. He is alive. He'll take care of you. It is well. There is no need to be afraid. He is our God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Would you please turn around and say hello to somebody as we close? God bless you.